Hello, everyone. I'm Reverend Carla, and welcome to Spirituality Matters, a podcast that focuses on the intersection of spirituality and humanity. Now let's settle in and find that sacred space between here where I am and there where you are. And let us be reminded that the Holy transcends our physical bodies and our time together is just as sacred and meaningful as if we were sitting beside one another. Okay, let's get started. Today's episode is entitled Reclaiming Your Spirituality, A Journey of Healing and Connection. And this podcast is inspired by my blog post for this week that you can find at RevCarla.com. Okay, today we're going to dive in to the topic of deconstruction and its impact on discovering a more authentic spiritual path. If you've ever asked yourself, who am I if I'm not a Christian, or where do I go if I don't go to church, or perhaps why do I feel spiritually void without my spiritual identity, well, I think you're in the right place because any one of those questions is something that we can help you with here today. We'll explore the importance of deconstruction because I truly believe it is something that is uh, important. It's helps you. It provides the conduit you need for healing, especially for those of us who had some kind of uh, religious traumatic experience. And it can help pave the way for a more genuine connection with uh, spirituality. So especially if you are deconstructing from your religious heritage, we're going to discuss the significance of peeling away those layers and how they can help you on a more uh, authentic spiritual path. So let's start by understanding what deconstruction is. Now, I'm not the keeper of this definition by any stretch of the imagination. Um, you could ask 10 people and possibly get 10 different answers. The only thing I ask you that you don't do is ask an active evangelical or even a progressive Christian what deconstructing is. Oftentimes people who are churched and holding on to that as if it's the only way to nurture your spirituality conflate and contort what deconstructing really means. I'm not saying that's always the case, but for someone who is deconstructing and holding that space of deconstructing and hasn't really decided, or if ever, because honestly, deconstructing can be a spiritual journey. Staying in this spiritual wilderness of unknowing and asking questions is an authentic spiritual path. And we want to be careful about who we are getting our information from. And like I said, I'm not the keeper of this definition. So please seek out other people and see what they have to say about deconstructing as well. But what I believe about deconstructing, I believe it's peeling back the layers of indoctrination and examining those beliefs, structures, and dogmas that have shaped my spirituality. It's a process of learning that questioning and critically examining are not a sin, as so many of us were taught to be, that when we had questions, we were told we had a doubter's mind, or that somehow our faith was weak because something just didn't quite line up with some of the things we were being taught. But critical examinations of teachings and practices that we were bound to is actually something that can be very healing and help you reclaim your spirituality. So deconstruction allows you to explore the conflicts between your beliefs and your real life experiences, which ultimately lead to this expanded 
connection to and, and genuine understanding of who or what the divine is. And just even using the word divine, I went back this weekend, I'm doing a, a lot of uh, research for some upcoming memberships. And I was looking at some of my content from even five years ago. And the language I use has certainly changed over time. And I think that's reflective of my own journey and what I'm comfortable with. And at first, right after I deconstructed, I couldn't even use the name God or, or say it because I all I could see and here was my indoctrinated religious beliefs that told me that God was this patriarchal, anthropomorphized being who cared about what parking space I got. Well, obviously, I no longer believe in that being. But at the time, it was the only thing that I knew. And then as I deconstructed and I studied more and I asked those difficult questions and I researched and connected with people of different traditions, I understood that depending on where you were born and what religion you were taught or what spiritual practice or identity you had more determines your understanding of who or what God is than anything else. So allowing that expansiveness of language around the divine is something that happens as you deconstruct. So for me, that was something that I can say uh, really freed me. And I hope that's something that you can look forward to. So deconstructing your religious heritage, it's essential because it helps you break free from the limitations and constraints that may have hindered your spiritual growth. So when we when we critically examine these questions and these these doubts that we may have or things that just don't line up or things that we found hypocritical, that can help us not only identify where we were harmed and heal that religious trauma, but also help you live a more authentic life. Because once you have been spiritually deceived, emotionally abused, any of those things, we learn the, the warning signs that we are in a toxic relationship. And those relationships show up in our lives, in our family, in our chosen loved ones, in our work life, and in our religion, in our spirituality. There's no safe space where we always have to be careful. Any place where we're in community with humans, we have the capacity to be manipulated. And an authentic life is about reclaiming our power and making sure that no one is manipulating that. The last place people should be manipulating anything is in a spiritual context, but we know that happens all the time. So the potential for harm or a stunted spiritual growth arises when we ignore the need for deconstruction. Now, what do I mean by that? Yeah, to put it simply, if you have left church or you are questioning your faith, I'm encouraging you by this statement, don't not deconstruct. Do some of the work. Don't not deconstruct. Because I have met so many people who are stuck even though they might be outspoken and critics of their religious heritage, they're stuck in their pain. And that's the only way they know how to show up. That's the only way they know how to express their story. There's nothing wrong with that. But eventually, it's time to move past it. Eventually, we, we have to get our wheels and our foundation has to get stronger. or We have to get past it. Or that's how we have uh, the potential for a stunted spiritual growth. And, and it prevents us from being able to live authentically. 
I've seen it in atheists even a couple of times. One time doing a video about being gay, not being a sin, someone came into my comments, and I know I've told this before, if you've heard it, forgive me, um, and said, hey, I love your content, but and I'm an atheist, but being gay is a sin. And you shouldn't tell people that, that they, they should know that if they're going to be part of the Christian faith, that they should know that it, being gay is a sin. That's the way Christians believe that. Well, first of all, that's not true. Not all Christian denominations believe that being gay is a sin. And many scholars feel that it that the actual understanding of sexual and gender identity went far beyond the human understanding when the books of the Bible were written. And there can be proof that there was much more acceptance of gender, gender fluidity than what we are led to believe when we pull out and hyper-focus on scriptures that were really meant to talk about, hey, we got a, we got a problem here. We need to continue to perpetuate our tribe. And the way we do that is to create rules around the way men and women live together. So I was fascinated that an atheist was going to stand up and say that I can understand when people say the Bible is, is clearly homophobic. I think that you can, I can see where people might say, okay, like what the writings of Paul, how they want to um, say some of that, even though we know that the, the word homosexual didn't even go, come into the Bible until 1946. This person was saying that being gay was a sin mandated by the Christian church. This person should not think that they had the right to be a part of the Christian faith if they were gay. And so I came back and I said, you're an atheist. Why are you out here weaponizing a belief that you no longer have saying something that you know is going to harm someone? So an atheist would be someone that I would think, and, and based on the atheists that I know who have told me this, so I'm not speaking out of a lack of knowledge here, is a complete release of religious dogma because they no longer believe in this higher power. So why would you be beholden to scriptures that are human written and say that that has something to do with how somebody is going to show up Christian in a religious organization? And they just, they got angry with me and said, don't try to twist my words. Being gay is a sin and it's wrong to tell people that they can be a Christian. And I said, okay, I want to ask you one more time. Why are you holding on to this? Why do you feel like you, you have the need to say something when it's clearly not true? There are even ordained gay clergy inside the Christian faith. So it's not true to say that the he's speaking it from the entirety of Christianity when it wasn't true. Well, it ended up he blocked me which I, again, found fascinating. Oftentimes, when we get too close to the truth and we're incapable of seeing the errors in our thinking, it's easier to reject those who are offering us a mirror than to stay in the conversation and, and start to peel our own indoctrinated beliefs away. So not deconstructing, can you will always come to a point where you are holding on to a belief about others, a belief about yourself, a possible bias or prejudice. So we ha really have to be careful. And it also, like I said, stunts your spiritual growth. It can lead to spiritual emptiness and disconnection and a lack of spiritual fulfillment because deconstructing allows us to break free from these limitations and embark on a path of self-discovery and authentic spirituality.
And years ago, I found myself sitting in a church pew, struggling to connect with the sermons and teachings that no longer resonated with me. And I did. I felt this spiritual void. I was didn't know who I was. I was attached from my own authenticity. And I questioned my religious identity and wondered if spirituality was even possible outside of the lens of Christianity, outside of my religious heritage. And the turning point for me came when I realized that staying inside this belief system that felt suffocating was no longer an option. And I did make the, make the courageous decision to walk away from church and I, because I wanted to dive into this spiritual wilderness and figure out what it was that was beckoning me out those church doors. And that's how I began the journey to reclaim my spirituality because I had lost power. I had lost control. It had been stripped away from me by all this rigid dogma of my religious heritage and, and of course, the toxic patriarchal structure that you are going to find in many, many churches. And I know this is going to make some people uncomfortable because I'm not just a product of the Southern Baptist religious heritage or high control evangelical churches, even though I navigated through several and ended up in an apostolic uh, Pentecostal experience. I was also part of progressive church. I was an elder in a, in a Presbyterian church, and I witnessed patriarchy in that church. I witnessed it when there were women pastors who were often mansplained and uh, mangated, if you will, by other people in the church who felt that they, as men leaders, had the right to basically silence and oppress them. I saw from my own eyes that people were enraged that the Presbyterian church was considering ordaining gay, gay clergy and the threat of schism that was very real. So it's not churches that are, are traditionally named progressives and liberal where you're going to find your respite if going back to church is, is, is an option for you. For me, it isn't, at least now. I, I now. I know better to never say never, but where I am right now, I'm very happy as an unchurched Christian. I still hold on to that level because level no one is going to take it away from me. I did the work. I'm still inspired by the teachings of Jesus. I have a different relationship with Jesus. I see Jesus with a new set of eyes, and I read the Bible with it through a different lens. But y'all can't take it away from me. Who's going to be the one to do it out of, out of the 40,000 denominations? And why are there so many? Because y'all can't get along. You yourself inside Christian churches can't get along. And when you don't get along, you just start another denomination. So don't be out here telling me what I can and can't do. You do not have the right to do that. When I released myself from toxic patriarchal stu structures, you lost your power over me. So I can reclaim my spirituality and my identity that's right for me. So I'm an unchurched Christian who walks the spiritual but not religious path, and I'm an ordained interfaith, interspiritual minister. Interfaith means that there is wisdom and sacredness in all world religions and inner spiritual says that spirituality can and does exist outside of organized religion. Organized religion is not the gatekeeper for spirituality. So throughout this deconstructing journey that I had, I did have these profound shifts, as, as you can imagine, 
I healed from my religious trauma. I discovered different ways and expansive ways and sacred ways to experience the divine. And I connected with amazing community of like-minded individuals who were also seeking peace outside the confines of traditional church structure and traditional religion. So the most significant outcome of my deconstruction was reclaiming my spirituality on my terms. And I just explained that with how I hold on to my title. I let go of the beliefs and practices that no longer resonated with my authentic self. And I embarked on a journey of exploration that embraced the freedom to define and experience spirituality in a way that was true for me. Remember, this is my story. One of the things that we don't do out here in this spiritual but not religious realm is tell you what you need to do to be spiritual, to tell you what we you need to do to authenticate your spiritual journey. We can share our stories, but every spiritual journey, every spiritual truth is as unique as our DNA. And you will find yours if you just be patient. So deconstructing is a deeply personal and unique journey. And it does require courage. It does invite you into immense time of self-reflection and an openness to question deeply ingrained beliefs. But by the time you get through this, you can align with your true self and you can be free from the limitations and constraints of your past. So when you begin to question your beliefs and unravel the teachings that shaped your spirituality, this self-reflection is really an important time. This is where, you know, some people will often call deconstructing or leaving church the easy way out. When in reality, the hardest work I ever did was during my deconstructing time, because inside my church experiences, there wasn't a lot of inner growth. It was about community growth, us as a believer in Christ through the conduit of the church. So as my spirituality strengthened, how did I become a better Christian to serve the church? That was the focus. It was always pointing towards the service of the church versus this inner reflection. And I think that's one of the, that's one of the things that the most grounded, sincere, church should be offering its members. It should encourage someone who feels like they need to leave for a season. It should help them on that journey. I think if more churches did that, they actually would have more people circling back to come back. But now what's happening now inside evangelical Christianity with all these mega pastors talking about deconstructing, that ain't it. That ain't it. That's not what they're trying to do at all. Okay. So this important of self-reflection, sometimes you'll hear it called soul work, uh, shadow work. This is the most important work you do because you're going to come up against the places where you're still holding on to things that no longer serve your highest good, not just your indoctrinated beliefs, but what's out there that's still the pain of something from your childhood, something that has limited your growth, created a narrative about you that's created limited beliefs about who you are. This is where you start to understand that you might have been living in a place of lack of self-awareness. And that's why we're often confused when we don't have somebody out, out here telling us how to live. And that's oftentimes what religion gives us where we can kind of just spiritually check out because here's how I worship on Sunday mornings at nine. Here's how I tithe. 
Here's how I pray. Here's how I give myself a free labor to the church. I'm doing all these things and I get to check it off. And then I just get to leave it at church. It doesn't really flow over into my life, but it's just the opposite. What should be happening is the church is grounding us in a way so that we turn back to our, our world, a better version of ourselves. And we're showing the, the, the highest elements of us to those we love in the world around us. Instead, we're getting indoctrinated with these beliefs that have become weaponized. And then that makes us feel morally or spiritually superior to other people. And that's how we show up in our lives. That our spirituality only shows up in the way weaponized scripture has become our judgment for, of others. And that somehow becomes convoluted in our head that that's being spiritual. Well, here are some things that I would encourage you if you're if you're in the spiritual wilderness or you're on a deconstructing path, whatever you do, please try to find some quiet time for solitude. This doesn't mean that you have to sit in meditation if that's not something that you're comfortable with. Read a book that challenges you. Journal about the things that ping you, but spend time in deep reflection on what how you can disconnect from the external distractions and listen to what's needs is, is rising up from you. That's asking for light and possibly healing. And you can find my book recommendations at revcarla.com and coming in 2024, my book will be available. Okay. If it feels right, you can also do some meditation and mindfulness, but only if it feels right. Sometimes people really have a hard time moving from an active prayer life into meditation, but there's a place for just quiet solitude. And I have a couple of things in, um, in a resource guide that will be out called creating a contemplative spiritual practice that can help you as well. Always seek support, just like you're here listening to this podcast, make sure that you're, you're finding people and it's not just people in your physical proximity. I know oftentimes people say, I just miss the community. I honestly, honestly believe that this is the beginning of the time when how we define community is changing. It, it started even a little before COVID, but we are being invited to understand that some of the closest people who we're safest with may not be in physical proximity to us. And we have to change our mindset on where we can find uh, safe, loving spaces. So we've talked about connecting with nature and how important that is and going for a walk and just listening and figuring out how you ebb, your energy ebbs and flows with creation around you because beloved, that's exactly what, what you are. It's about sitting with, how am I not practicing compassion and kindness? That in itself can be a contemplative practice that can help you to sit with that and ask yourself, where do I need to foster a sense of interconnectedness and em empathy for my fellow humans? Where have I been taught possibly a bias and a, and a prejudice? And let's face it, just pure racism. And I need to start to dismantle that because when we neglect these practices, we often still hold on to some of the self-centeredness that religion taught us. Also use this time for creative self-expression. Now this can also be feel conflicting as well because we were often taught that art, music, writing, dancing, 
those kinds of things, those creative avenues weren't available to us in the spiritual realm when they absolutely are. Anything that's done as a act of self-love that's going to help us heal what's broken inside is a sacred practice. Okay, so that isn't a a comprehensive list. Like I said, I, I hope that my spiritual, I'm sorry, my spiritual contemplative practice will be available um, soon. You know, I, I write them and then they have to go through a whole editing process and creation process, but you can keep checking back at revcarla.com. But I think the most important thing that I want to leave you with here today is this, don't not deconstruct and deconstructing is worth it. It can be scary. It can be lonely but it is worth it. It it will point you to your true north like nothing else in your life. Spend time in the spiritual wilderness and give it time. For some people, it might last years and that's okay. The deconstructing process is a sacred practice. It can be your spiritual journey. I often find, find myself diving back into it when I feel a pull of something that's rising from my past. And we learn to ebb and flow into it because it's a gift of wisdom and healing, a respite for the soul, if you will. So trust this process. You'll be better for it and you will reclaim your spirituality. Thank you for listening, beloved. You can watch the uncut version of today's episode on my YouTube channel, Spirituality Matters with Rev Carla. And you can always connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. And of course, at my website at revcarla.com, where you, will can, you can find information on my latest free resource guides, as well as my upcoming live teachings, my memberships, and my courses. I'm so honored to be in this space with you. Go in peace and be at peace. Go in love and may you be loved. Go and know that others are on this journey with you and you are not alone. You are seen and deeply and unconditionally loved just the way you are. Blessings on your week and I'll see you soon.